discover the inherent power of God in you. Whether there are challenges or not, we are still the same. We are constant. God is constant. God does not change. And that is the life that we have received. He says Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. That is the same life we have also received. We are also the same yesterday, today, and forever. What kind of life? We, we, we are the same because we have the same life with Christ. So when you think about God, think about you. Because everything he is, that is why he told Abraham, he said, I am your, your exceeding great reward. God gave himself as a reward to Abraham. And we are the seed of Abraham. Therefore, we have inherited God himself. Listen to Pastor Oti Boateng as Christ is magnified. everybody I've been I've been following trying to follow online and I've been hearing all the nice things that you're doing how was the Bible study how did it go it went well Wow amazing yes I saw Pastor Eli also preaching last night and this morning I know you've been blessed hallelujah so I'm also going to add up a few things between this afternoon and tonight and hopefully tomorrow night or something hallelujah hopefully yes so i want to share with you on the mystery of the body of christ okay say the mystery of the body of christ the mystery of the body of christ ephesians chapter 1 from verse 17. Paul was praying for the church at Ephesus and you know he was saying some very nice things to them and praying for them. He said that I pray that the Lord, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, I pray that he may give you the spirit of wisdom and revelation, the knowledge of him. I think you touched this today, uh, yesterday. Yeah? He says I pray that the eyes of your understanding will be enlightened and that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of the inheritance of God in the saints. Then it says he wants you to he wants you to know what is the exceeding greatness of his power that is at work in you who believe. Then he says according to the working of his mighty power which he worked in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him at his own right hand in the heavenly places far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Then it says, and has put all things under his feet and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that filleth all and in all. Hallelujah. What a blessing. So it's like, when, as you look at this scripture, so you see how it's like Jesus is the head. It's like a body is being introduced. You see, and we see Jesus as the head of the body, and we see the church as the body. You see, I mean, you don't refer to um, what's your name again? You don't call Priscilla when you say Priscilla, it's not only Priscilla's head that comes, Priscilla's whole body comes to you, isn't it? Priscilla, come. Is her leg back there? Her leg is not back there, her legs are here. The instruction is to Priscilla. Priscilla is composed of a head and a body. Isn't it? Thank you very much. Priscilla, you can kindly take your seat. 
Priscilla did not leave her hands here. She went back to her seat with all her body. No bizo. If you read in Ephesians, once again, um, this time around, Colossians, rather, Colossians chapter 2, verse 1. It says, For I would, I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you, and for them at Laodicea, and for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh, that their hearts might be comforted. Do you know the scriptures I'm reading? Are your Bibles with you? Or your Bible is the screen, so as it's off now, you are also off. You are offline. Are you offline or you are online? You are online. Okay. So he says, For I would have you, I would that you knew what great conflict I have for you and for them at Laodicea, for as many as have not seen my face in the flesh. Then he says, I, that your hearts, your, their hearts might be comforted, being mixed together in love on, unto all riches with the full assurance of understanding, to the acknowledgement of one, the mystery of what? The mystery of God. He says, I want to come and come and share with you so that you can acknowledge and understand eh, the mystery of God, number one, the mystery of the Father, number two, and the mystery of Christ. Have you seen it? It's like there's the mystery of God and of the Father and of Christ. But when you read the Amplified, you see that actually the mystery of God is Christ. Okay? So let me read the Amplified. It says, for my concern, verse 2 says, for my concern is that their hearts may be braced. My concern for all those who have not seen my face, all those who have not had a personal contact with, is that their hearts might be braced, may be braced, comforted, shared, and encouraged. You know, the pastor is saying he wants your hearts to be encouraged. What a blessing. As they are knit together in love, that they may come to have all the abounding wealth and blessings of a short conviction of understanding. And that they may become progressively more intimately acquainted with and may know more definitely. It's like God wants you to know something. And he wants you to know it very much, very well, more definitely and accurately and thoroughly. That mystic secret of God. There's a mystic secret of God. Hey, tell me, but there's a mystic secret of God. Yeah. So the Amplified Lesson says the mystic secret of God. What is the mystic secret of God? What is the secret of God that God has kept hidden for years and years and years and years and years and generations and generations, you know, uncountable? What is that mystery? How many of you want to know the mystery of God and of the Father? It's actually the mystery of God and the Father. Okay, there's nothing like the mystery of God and then the mystery of the Father. No, it's the mystery of God, which is the mystery of the Father. Okay? Huh. Now, the mystery of God, what is the mystery of God? That God has hidden, that has been hidden for ages past. The mystery of God that has been hidden for ages past is the mystery of Christ or Christ. The mystery of God is Christ. Okay? Tell me about the mystery of God. Is Christ. Tell the other neighbor, the mystery of God is Christ. Tell the neighbor behind you, the mystery of God. Is Christ. Jesus, Jesus Christ is the mystery of God. If you want to know what God had hid, has hidden or had hidden for many, 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 many generations, you should know that that hidden thing is actually Christ. Okay? Christ's coming, the fact that the word of God was, become, was going to become flesh, 
was a very wild mystery. I mean, how can God become flesh? It's like you becoming a termite. How can you become a termite? Unless, unless Ant-Man or voter, or voter powers. Do you know voter powers? And unless voter powers. Yeah. There was a certain woman who was lying in her bed. And then her mother called her and said that. She was in the, it was, she was in the UK, London. The mother told her that tonight, around 1 a.m., you will see three termites entering your room. Under the, through the door. Under the door. Kill the first one and the last one. And leave the middle one. I am the middle one. So kill, yes, kill the first one and the last one. Because they were coming to come and eat her flesh. Come and kill her. And the mother wanted to rescue her. The mother belonged to a coven of witches. Do you see? Uh-huh. And she killed the first one and killed the last one. And the middle one turned into the mother and told her that she's, she's her child and she doesn't want to eat her. So she's sorry. And then she vanished and then left. I tell you, Aunt Man is real. <laughs> hey! I don't know. There's one of our church members. I don't know if she's here. Her grandmother appeared in their room. Their grandmother is not in Accra, nowhere close to Accra. She appeared and said that, do you know that I'm a witch? You have to be afraid of me. And then she vanished once again. (laughs) She wanted them to be more scared of her. Like they weren't scared of her as much as we were supposed to. She wanted to show them power. Yeah, that's what the devil likes. The devil likes to display power so that you can be afraid. Because he feeds on fear. You see, when you are afraid, then the devil can have an opportunity in your life. What God feeds on is faith. God also feeds on faith. If there's faith, you have faith, the Lord can have a right to work in your life. But if there's fear, then Satan has a right to work in your life. So it's either faith or fear. If you read the Bible, you will see this statement, fear not. 365 times in the Bible. Letting you know that you need one a day. Fear not every day of your one year, of your full year. Every, every day you shouldn't be afraid of anything. Okay? Yes. The Bible says that perfect love casteth out fear. So if you want to have more faith, learn to understand the love that God has for you. When you understand how much God loves you, and how much God does not joke with you, your faith can keep rising and going higher and higher and higher. I'm making very important statements, so I don't know if you are seeing it. Mm, yeah. The more you understand that God loves you so much that he will not leave you hanging, the more your faith rises. The more assured you are and confident you are of his power and his abilities in your life. But if you are not confident in his love for you, you feel that he will not do some things for you. You feel that he will not be nice to you because of one or two things that you did or did not do. Because of your past. Because of your, your sense of neglect. There's a sin called the sin of neglect. <laughs> Neglecting to do what God says you should do. Mm. Sometimes God says you should do five things and you do four. It's left with one. It's a sin of neglect. It's wild. Hmm. It's, it's not working, eh? Is it working? It's working. 
The devil wants to find something to say about you people, but he will not find anything to say about you. <laughs> it will work in Jesus' name. Yeah. Are you following what I'm saying? Fear. Say fear. Fear. Yes. Fear is, I'm not so, I don't know, is it going to work? Is it going to, it's not going to work? Anxiety. You know? Hey, what's happening? Does God even like me? Does he like me? I mean, does God like me? Does he? Does he? I mean, what's going on? And then it breathes a lot of fear in your life. Do you see? Receive grace to not be afraid. Receive grace to understand the love of God. I preach a message called um, Understanding the Love of the Father. I think you should, you should listen to that message a lot. Yes. If you want to have plenty of faith, or if you want to be able to walk with God in a certain way, understand how much he loves you. Okay? When you understand how much he loves you, 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 can, you can flourish as God wants you to flourish. Hallelujah. Yeah, a lot of the problems, a lot of the questions and all of that is because we don't think that God likes us. You see, a lot of us have various, you feel that maybe God is looking at some things that you did. Ask your neighbor, have you done something before? Sometimes you look at the things you have done and you are like, hey, am I a good person? You realize that you are not a good person at all. Yeah. Ask your neighbor, are you a good person? What did your neighbor say? You weren't good at that time. <laughs> hey. It's wild though. You see, but some of those things, eh, some of those things that happen to you, lets you know how much God has forgiven you. When you remember how much God has forgiven you, you will love God a lot. When you remember how that you, you did an abortion. And you didn't die. I'll be back. I'll be back after some. It's like you don't like the message. I don't know what you are talking. I don't know if you like. I nearly went home. <laughs> hey. When you look at how you cheated in the exam hall, you are in university, but it's ongoing sin. I mean, it's, it's I mean, hey, it's wild though. The whole degree is fake. Progressive sin. <laughs> when you look at how you were chasing someone's husband. Yeah. 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 Hey. It's wild though. Hmm. You can't seem to say, like, hey, does God still like me? Does he still love me? Brothers and sisters, I came to tell you that God still likes you. It's very wild though. If you read the scriptures, you'll be shocked. Now, if you understand the love of God, it curbs a lot of things in your life. Like, when you realize that actually there's someone who really likes me and really loves me. It's when you read in Romans chapter 8, eh? Romans 8, verse 34, 35, 36, 37. It's very nice. Romans, book of Romans. It says, who is he that condemneth? It is Christ that died, yea, rather, that is risen again. Who is even at the right hand of God? Who also maketh intercession for us? Have you seen it? Jesus rose again from the dead so that he can intercede for you. He can pray on your behalf. Can you imagine? Yes, he's, he's in a prayer meeting all the time for you. Like every accusation of the devil, he says, hey, my friend, my friend, get out. I died for her. I died for him. What do you mean? Your mother, come on, get out. 
Yeah. Jesus is fighting for you. Yeah. <laughs> eh? He says, who also make intercession for us? Look at verse, verse 35. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? There's a love that Christ has for you that no one can separate you from. Then he starts enumerating some of the possible things that can remove you from the love of Christ. Shall tribulation? Eh? We don't understand. Can we read a lighter version? Maybe BB or Amplified or Message. He's showing you some of the possible things that would try. Can your, can your childhood experience... You know, sometimes you go through something in your childhood and you wonder if God liked you or if God likes you. If God was cared enough about you, how, why did he allow such things to happen to you? You see, why did God allow for these things to happen to me? Why? Always remember, you know, the answer to those questions is that always remember that there are two forces in this world. It's not only God. If it were only God, it would have been different to be heaven. Because there was only God at a point. Okay, and everything was very good. Everything was very nice. But the moment sin entered, the moment Satan and his genes entered into this world, everything changed. So all the wickedness, all the barbaric things, all the things that you see happening to children, to adults, to, I mean, there was a child who was raped by her father. You see, several times, tore the vagina to the anus and all of those. Her own natural father who gave them to her. And she was in the hospital for three weeks. So they updated a lot of things and all kinds. I mean, it's very unpleasant. Yeah. I, I don't want to tell the rest of the story because the person is in church. If I say the rest of the story, the person may listen to the camp and they know that she's the one I'm talking about now. Yeah. Because something wild happened later by the same father. How do you explain it? You see, when human beings allow themselves to be taken over by demons... The devil has a right and he does things in this world. So you can either be a vessel for the devil to use or a vessel for God to use. It's, it's either of the two. Okay? But God's love is sure. It's always sure. It's always standing. Yes. And God always finds a way to rescue his children. Always. Always finds a way. For instance, there's a war going on in Sudan right now. I don't know if you've, you've heard of it. They are killing people. I mean, it's because two human beings have decided that they want to fight over power. And they are destroying the whole city that they are going to, they want to have power over. If the war ends, there will not be any city to rule over. You understand what I'm saying? They are not thinking about that one. Yeah, they are killing human beings. The people are leaving. 100,000. Today, as I'm talking to you, over 100,000 people are leaving the borders of Sudan right now as I'm talking to you. Yeah. Why? Human beings allow themselves to be taken over by demons and devils. And they have manifestation in this world. Human beings can also allow themselves to be taken over by, by God, by Jesus, to also have manifestation in this world. I see it. Yeah. So he says, do you think anyone is going to be able to drive a wedge, this is message, a wedge between us and Christ's love for us? There is no way. Not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness. If you want to understand some of this, you should, you should, listen, you should watch this movie, The Shack. Maybe we can watch it before we go. Yeah. The Shack. To understand some of the things, this guy's daughter was killed by someone. Three-year-old girl. I think she was raped and raped and murdered. Something terrible. And the guy was blaming God and God came down to come and show him 
the full picture. You may not understand the full picture. God sees the full picture. And you will see his love when you see the full picture. You will see how much he was fighting for you. And helping you to get to the point you are at now. Instead of allowing your past to follow you. And it's like because one of this thing happened and that. I don't know who I'm talking to. But it's because one of these things, this thing happened. So God, God is very wicked. I don't know why I give myself to God. Humble yourself and understand what God says to you. Do you understand? Yes. There is no way, not trouble, not hard times, not hatred, not hunger, not homelessness. Can you imagine? Not hunger. Not homelessness. (laughs) Not bullying threats. Not backstabbing, not even the worst sins listed in Scripture. Wow. Even the worst sins listed in Scripture cannot separate you. Look at the next verse. They kill us in cold blood because they hate you. We are sitting ducks. They pick us off one by one. None of this phases us because Jesus loves us. There's a great love that God has for you. It's wild. Okay? And God is always fighting for you and always defending you. Always remember that. Tell about God loves you. He's always fighting for you. He's always defending you. Oh, yes. I'm going to say some things that is going to help you, you know, as we go on. Yeah. This session, I just want to, I'm, I'm actually coming to share with you on 10 benefits of being a member of the body of Christ. Yes. And then in the evening, I'll share concerning the responsibilities aspect. Okay? Yes. So the mystic secret of God is Christ. How, how God became flesh. God becoming flesh is God's greatest mystery, God's greatest hidden, it's like his, his, uh, his power punch. Do you see? It's like his, his, his main thing that he decided to do. To become a human being and to die on the cross. If you read in Second, uh, First Thess- uh, Timothy chapter 3, verse 16, the Bible talks about the mystery of godliness. Okay? Look at it. First Timothy 3, 16. And without controversy, not second Timothy, first Timothy, without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. So there's a mystery called the mystery of godliness. Or it's actually the mystery of God, what I've been talking about all this while. It says, God was manifest in flesh. That's the mystery of God. God was manifest in flesh. And this God that was manifest in flesh was justified in the spirit or declared not guilty in the spirit because of his identification with human beings. I mean, God does not have any sin. But because of you and I, because of humanity, God decided to partake of sin. Yeah. Justified in the spirit because of his identification with man. If you read in Romans chapter 4, verse 25, the Bible says that Jesus was delivered. The reason why Jesus died was because of our sins. Jesus was delivered on account of our sins. Jesus didn't do anything wrong. The reason why he died was because of our sins. That is why we must always partake in the communion. To remember that someone actually died for you and I. If he hadn't died, all of us would have been on our way to hell. Hmm? Romans 425 says, Jesus, it's like you are talking about Jesus. If you read the verse before, you see the last statement is Christ. Or the last word is Christ. Eh? But for us also to whom it shall be imputed. If we believe on him that raised up Jesus, our Lord from the dead. Is he? Jesus, our Lord from the dead. Who was delivered? So he's talking about Jesus. Jesus who was delivered for our offenses. He was, the word for is on account. Jesus was delivered on account of our offenses. He was delivered on account of our offenses. Jesus didn't need to die. He died because of the offenses of human beings. He took on the sin of human beings. 
He died as a sin sacrifice. Yeah, he died on account of what? Our offenses. Then he says, and he was raised again for our justification. Jesus was raised again in order for us to be declared not guilty. If Jesus had not raised from the dead, then we'll all be, be in our sins. That's in 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Let's read from verse 11. Therefore, whether it were I or they, so we preach and so we believe. So, now if Christ preached that he rose from the dead, how say some among you that there's no resurrection of the dead? Verse 13. But if there be no resurrection of the dead, then is Christ not risen? Have you seen it? Next verse. And if Christ be not risen, then is our preaching vain, and your faith is also vain. Next verse. Yea, and we have found false witnesses of God, because we have testified of God that he raised up Christ. Whom he raised up, if so be that the dead rise not. For if the dead rise not, then is Christ not raised. He said it again. And if Christ be not raised, your faith is vain. Then he says, you are yet in your sins. Have you seen it? So it's the resurrection of Jesus Christ that confirms that we are actually forgiven. We are declared not guilty. So Jesus' resurrection is the receipt that we have been forgiven. So as long as Jesus, if Jesus, is, if Jesus dies tomorrow again, then it means that we are, we are in trouble. But if Jesus does not die, eh, then we are okay. And Jesus does not die. Jesus rose from the dead never to die again. Are you in the church? Yeah. So his, his resurrection, his justification in the spirit, or his being declared right in the spirit, is our being declared right in the spirit because of our oneness with him. Whatever Jesus did as a head of the body is our doing. Do you understand? I'm preaching now. My head is doing the thinking. Everything my head is doing, speaking, doing everything, is on account of my body. My head is the one telling my legs to move, telling my hands to move, just to show gestures. Hallelujah. It's the head that is making all those things. Now, the, the movements of the head and the, the achievements of the head and the contributions of the head it's actually the achievements, the movements, and the contribution of the body. Because the body is not without the head, and the head is not without the body. Please, you understand? Doesn't make sense to you? Uh-huh. So, I'm just trying to build up a point for you, okay? Just trying to explain the mystery of, uh, the mystery of Christ, which is the church, okay? So, back to First Timothy chapter 3, verse 16. The mystery, and without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest, it's called the great mystery. Eh? The great mystery, which is the mystery of godliness. God was manifest in the flesh, justified in the spirit. That's what I was trying to explain. Then he said, God was justified in the spirit. Why? Because of his identification with man. Okay? Then he says, seen of angels, preached unto the Gentiles, believed on in the world, received up into glory. Some of them are still happening as, we, as I'm talking to you. Because he must be preached unto the Gentiles. He must be believed on in the whole world. And must be received up into glory. It's been received up into glory already. But there's another day when all of us will be received up into glory. Because the head is seated in heaven physically. And the body, some of the body are still here. The day we are all carried away. Then we have been received up into glory. Are you getting it? Alright. So Jesus. And his accomplishments. It's actually the accomplishments of the church because of how identified and how one we are with him. 
Okay? Yes. So the mystery of, of God is Christ. And the mystery of Christ is the church. So you can, you can write in your notebook, the mystery of God is equal to Christ. Then the mystery of Christ is equal to the church. How do we know that the mystery of Christ, have I shown you that the mystery of God is Christ? The mystery of God that was hidden in ages past. Let me show you one verse that will help you. Colossians chapter 1. Let's read from verse 24. Who now rejoice? Paul says that he's rejoicing in the sufferings for, for the church. And fill up that which is behind in the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake. He says the body is the church. You see, I'm going to mention this one very soon, but he's saying it here already. He says the body, eh, the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for Christ's body's sake. Which is the church? Okay, next verse. Then he says, Whereof I made the minister according to the dispensation of God which is given to me for you to fulfill the word of God. Verse 26. Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. Is he saying the same thing here? There's a mystery that has been hidden from what? It's been hidden from ages and from generations. But now it's made manifest to his sins. Now this mystery that was hidden, this mystery that was hidden was a mystery that everybody was looking out for. The prophets that have gone ahead of us were looking for it. The devils were looking for it. Everybody was trying to find out what this mystery that God has hidden was. Okay? But they couldn't find it. If you read in 1 Peter, let's read 1 Peter. You see, you see how hidden it was. 1 Peter chapter 1. Let's read from verse 9. 1 Peter chapter 1. From verse 9. Receiving the end of your faith, even the salvation of your souls. Of which salvation? It says, concerning our salvation, the prophets have inquired and searched diligently. The prophets inquired and said diligently concerning you and I, our, our salvation. Can you imagine? How were we going to be saved? And how were we going to become members of the body of Christ? I mean, how is this going to happen? They didn't understand. He says, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you? Verse 11. Searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify. When it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. So there was, the Spirit of God was telling them about Christ and his sufferings and the glory that should follow. The glory that should follow is actually you and I. But they couldn't understand. I don't know if I'm making sense. They couldn't understand. Like, it's like you're prophesying about something you don't know about. You're prophesying that this person, Presla, will have become a billionaire and own $500 billion. Look at Presla now owning $500 billion. What are you talking about? It doesn't match. <laughs> So the prophets were saying things they couldn't understand. They didn't, they, and they, they wanted to know what it was. They wanted to know how God will become a human being. Like a prophet like Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 9, verse 6. Unto us, eh? what does the Bible say there? For unto us a child is born. Hey. Then it says that, and unto us a son is given. This child will become a son that is given. Hey, what is that? He didn't understand it though. It says, and the government shall be upon his shoulders. Hey. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. The child shall be called Wonderful Counselor. And his name shall be called the Mighty God. Ah! How can the Mighty God become a child? And the mighty, he shall be also be called the Everlasting Father. And he shall be called the Prince of Peace. Hey! What, who is this? So they were all looking forward to what it meant. And then finally on a certain day, God was the first person to prophesy concerning the coming 
of the Christ. In Genesis chapter 3, when Adam and Eve sinned and God came into the garden, he cursed the ground, cursed the, cursed the devil. He didn't curse man, he cursed the ground for man's sake. Then he told the woman that the, your seed, the seed of the woman shall bruise. He told the, 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 the snake. Genesis chapter 3 verse 14. And the Lord said unto the serpent, Because thou hast done this, thou art cursed above all cattle, and above every beast of the field. Upon thy belly shalt thou go, and thou shalt thou eat all the days of thy life. Verse 15. And I will put enmity between thee and the woman, and between your seed and the woman's seed, and it shall bruise thy head. Eh? It shall bruise thy head, and thou shalt bruise his heel. So God was talking about a seed of a woman. I mean, a woman does not have a seed. A seed of a woman bruising the head of the serpent. And the head of the serpent will bruise, oh, oh, and thou shalt bruise his heel. The serpent will bruise the heel of the child that will be born. I'm saying it. So God spoke about it. And every, every, every notable prophet in the Bible spoke about Jesus Christ. For instance, Moses. Moses said that a prophet like unto me eh, shall be raised amongst you. Then he says, him shall you hear. He was talking about Jesus' coming. Jacob also spoke about Jesus' coming. When before Jacob died in Genesis chapter 49, Jacob said, he spoke about Shiloh. The gathering, it says, unto him shall the gathering of the people be. I'm just trying to talk about the mystery of Christ some more, if you are interested. Yeah. Can you look for Genesis chapter 49, what I, what I was just saying? Verse 10, 49, 10. It says, the scepter, the scepter shall not depart from Judah, nor a lawgiver from between his feet. You see, the scepter, which is the, the sign of rulership, shall not depart from a tribe called Judah. Okay? Nor a lawgiver from between his feet. Until, it says, Judah shall reign until someone called Shiloh. Who is called Shiloh? Shiloh is Jesus Christ. It says, unto Shiloh come. Then it says, and unto him shall the gathering of the people be. Can you imagine that Jesus was born, Jesus' father was from the tribe of Judah? Yeah. It's very wild. Even though the kingship did not start with Judah. <laughs> We're learning that on Sunday. The kingship did not start with Judah. But it ended up with Judah. Because Judah is the one to whom the promise has been made. Of kingship. And Jesus is from the seeds of the seed of David. Who is the first king of Israel. The first official proper king of Israel. Wow. Hmm. Jesus Christ, look at this, Matthew chapter 1, verse 1. It says, the book of the generation of Jesus Christ. The son of David, the son of Abraham. Son of David because he's a king. Son of Abraham because he's the promised seed. Go back to First Peter chapter 1, where we're reading. We're in verse 11. It says, searching what or what manner of time the spirit of Christ which was in them did signify, when it testified before, beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow. Unto him, unto whom it was revealed, that not unto themselves, but he says the prophets, it was revealed to the prophets, but not to them, not for them, but unto us they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them that have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent from heaven. Then he says, Which things the angels desire to look into? Even the angels were trying to find out what this mystery of God was. Do you see? So Paul says, The mystery that was hidden all this while. Has now been revealed. So that was what we were reading in Colossians chapter 1, if you remember. Go back to Colossians chapter 1. This is a camp, so come there. I mean, I don't, there's no time. I don't have, there's no, like, I have to finish at 2 or 3 or whatever. That's why I'm sharing, because camp is an opportunity for you to know a lot of things. Okay? Uh huh. So, flow, tell them about flow. Yeah. 
Even the mystery which has been hid from ages and from generations. You just, you see, it was even hidden from angels. So the devil didn't even know. He didn't know about it. The devil didn't know. He didn't know about how, how, is, how, is, how is this child going to come? Where is he going to come? The devil was expecting Jesus or expecting the Son of God to come in a palace. But he never came in a palace. He came if he knew that he was going to come in a manger. He would have killed him a long time. But he didn't know. You see, the fact that scriptures are written does not mean that you know it. Scriptures are written, but you may not know. It may be hidden from you. Yeah. If you read in a... Let me show you a verse. Can I show you a verse? I'm showing you a verse and a prayer that you should pray often. Because the fact that you are seeing something in the Bible does not mean that you know it. Luke chapter 18, verse 34. I read this on Sunday. But I want to read it to you again. And you see it many times in the, in the, in the Bible. Okay? It says, and they, and they understood none of, the, of these things. And this thing was hid from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. He's talking about the disciples. He says, Jesus was talking. Go, go, up, go to verse 30. Jesus was talking about his demise, his death, his burial, what will happen to him and how he will resurrect again. He was talking about it. Clear, like the way I'm talking now. He was talking clear. Okay? No, not, not, you have gone too far. Go down. Yes, 31. Then he took unto him the twelve and said unto them, Behold, he took the twelve apostles and said to them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. Do you understand we go up to Jerusalem? We are going to Jerusalem, isn't it? Do you understand it? Okay. And all things that are written by the prophets concerning the Son of Man shall be accomplished. Do you understand it? All the things that have been written concerning it, it shall be accomplished. Next verse. <laughs> For he shall be delivered unto the Gentiles. Do you understand that? Very clear. And shall be mocked. Do you understand that? And spitefully entreated. Do you understand that? And spitted upon. Do you understand that? Next verse. And they shall scourge him. Do you understand that? They will beat him. And put him to death. Do you understand that? And the third day he shall rise again. Do you understand that? Look at it next verse. And they understood none of these things. <laughs> and this saying was hidden from them. Neither knew they the things which were spoken. Clearly written, things that are clearly written may not be open to you. Oh yes. That is why you must pray before you read your Bible. Because you see that things, it's written about you, but you don't know that it's written about you. Are you seeing it? It's one of the prayers... Jeremiah chapter 33 verse 3. Open thou my eyes. I hope I'm right. That I may behold wondrous things. Yes. Is it 33 1? Psalm 119. Okay, this one too is. Yes, this one is also very powerful. But what I just said is Psalm 119. Yes. It says, call unto me and I will answer thee. And show thee great and mighty things which thou knowest not. Isn't it? You need God to show you great and mighty things that you don't know. David also said it. Psalm 119 verse what? Verse 18. Psalm 119 verse 18. 119 18. Open thou my eyes that I may behold one of those things out of thy word. You need to ask God to open your eyes because you may not see. <laughs> you may, you'll be shocked that you are seeing that thing. You are reading that thing but you can't apply it to your life. It's like the Ethiopian Enoch who was reading concerning Jesus Christ. He was reading concerning Jesus Christ in Acts chapter, Acts chapter 8. He was reading concerning Jesus Christ. He was reading Isaiah chapter 53. But he didn't understand what he was reading. 
it was hidden from him. He needed a, a human being to come and explain to him. Yeah. So one of the prayers you pray as a child of God, Lord, open my eyes. Lord, show me wondrous things in your word. Let me see great and mighty things in your word. Because actually what you need is the spirit of revelation. It's because of the spirit of revelation that we are sitting here. Something was revealed to me in the Bible. And I explained it to some people and they understood it. And it was also revealed to them. And then revealed to this one. And, revealed, and then church has come. I seen it. So you to your place in the body of prayer, your place, it has to be revealed to you. Or else you don't know. We can talk till we die. You will not know. Satan too was reading the Bible. Do you know Satan knows the Bible? How many of you know Satan knows the Bible? Do you know he knows it more than most of us? It's because he's been reading it for many, many years. He was there when it was even, they were right, the various prophets were trying to write it, and he was trying to corrupt many things. He was around, but he, he can't, he doesn't understand most of that because it's hidden from him. Yeah, it's hidden from him. If you read in Corinthians, first Corinthians chapter 2, and Verse 7. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 7. You will see how Jesus' death, burial, resurrection, everything was hidden from him. Even though it was written clearly in the scriptures, he knew. But he didn't know how. How is it going to happen? He says, but we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. Even the hidden wisdom. You see, it's hidden. Hidden wisdom. Which God ordained before the world unto our glory. There's a hidden wisdom that God has ordained for your glory. But it's hidden. You need to find it out. How do you find it out? By reading and praying. That's why the Bible study they were teaching you how to do Bible. It's so important. If you do Bible study, you'll be shocked. Yeah. Tell anybody you'll be shocked. As you are reading, the Lord will show you. Do this. And you see that you, you'll, be, you'll be okay. Yeah. Look at verse 9. Oh, sorry. It says, which none of the princes, verse 8 rather, which none of the princes of the world, of this world knew, for had they known it, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. They didn't know that by crucifying Jesus Christ, they were actually in the perfect will of God. Meanwhile, it was written throughout the scriptures. Jesus' experience on the cross was written. David wrote it. Let me show you some. Psalm 22. You can type books of Bashan. Uh-huh. 22, yes. Look at this. My God, my God, why has that forsaken me? Didn't Jesus say this on the cross? Yeah. It's clear. It's inside. This is Psalm 22, verse 1. So when Jesus was saying, My God, my God, that has forsaken me, they should have known that, hey, this is the Son of God. We have to do so. We have to bring him down. He shouldn't die. This guy shouldn't die. Because if he dies, he will rise, he will rise up again. <laughs> my God, my God, why has that forsaken me? Why art thou so far from me, from helping me? And from the words of my roaring. Verse 22. Verse, verse 2, sorry. Oh, by God, I cry in the daytime, thou hearest not. And in the night season, and I'm not silent. But thou art holy. Oh, thou that inhabitest the praise of Israel. It's like the thing is hidden inside. Our fathers trusted in thee. They trusted and did thou didst deliver them. They cried unto thee and were delivered. They trusted in thee and were, were not confounded. But I'm a worm. And no man. A reproach of men and despised of the people. Is that what happened to Jesus? Look at the next verse. All they that see me laugh me to scorn. They shoot out the lip. They shake the head saying. Next verse. He trusted on the Lord that he would deliver him. Let him deliver him. him seeing he delighted in him. All these verses say, It's all in Matthew and Luke. Can I, let me show you. Can you show us? The same thing happened. The same thing. People were passing by. When they see Jesus, then they'll shake their head. They'll wag their head like this. And see, 
He trusted in God. Let him, let him deliver him. Ah, Matthew 27, verse 46. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, my God, my God. Eh? That is to say, my God, my God, why has thou forsaken me? Verse 47. Some of them stood, that stood, when they heard that said, this man calleth for Elijah. Eh? It's different places. Matthew 27, 39. And they that passed by reviled him, wagging their heads, or shaking, the word wagging, shaking their heads. So same thing. I, I, as a pastor, they were reviled and then they were shaking their heads. Next verse, verse 40. Shaking their heads, yes. King James, please. And saying, thou that destroyest the temple and buildest it in three days, save thyself, if thou be the son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise was the chief priest mocking with the scribes and elders said, he saved others. Himself cannot save. Himself he cannot save. If he be the king of Israel, let him come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God. Let him deliver him now. If you will have him, for he said, I am the son of God. Have you seen it? Yeah. They were saying this live, and it is all in Psalm, Psalm 22. And the devil was there, making them say these things, and he didn't know that it's in Psalm 22. Meanwhile, he has been reading it for years. As David was writing, he was there. It was hidden from him. So one of the greatest prayers I feel you should pray for yourself is that, Lord, whatever is hidden from me, reveal it to me, open it to me, so that I may behold, I may see and not miss anything. What do you think? Close your eyes right now and pray that prayer in just 30 seconds. Tell the Lord to open your eyes. Lord God, open down my eyes, Lord. That I may behold wondrous things in thy word. Even in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 So Jesus was saying many things, but it was hidden from them. Satan also did it was hidden from If he had known, he wouldn't have killed Jesus. Because killing Jesus was the biggest mistake of his life. <laughs> he didn't know. Yeah. So the mystery of, of God is Christ. Okay? Christ. Hidden. It was hidden from everybody. Everybody. They didn't know. Angels didn't know. Satan didn't know because he's an angel too. He didn't know. None of them. They didn't, all they didn't know. But God was working. God was working, I tell you. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine that there are some things hidden about your life that the devil does not know about? Even though he's reading it about you, he's seeing you move, and all, he still can't tell. Can you imagine that the devil doesn't even, up to now, as I'm talking to you, the devil doesn't know how powerful prayer is. Even though he has had many experiences with people praying and things happening, he still don't, doesn't remember that. Like when someone is praying, something very powerful is happening. Yeah. It's very well. He has a clue, but he can't really, really pimp like, until he doesn't understand. It's amazing. Is it not strange? It's very strange. Yeah. For instance, the devil knows that. <laughs> the Bible says that he knows that his time is short. You see. But he can't tell what time. <laughs> even him cry, even he cries in he's, he's confused. He doesn't know how things, he doesn't know. He, it's written, but he can't really understand the thing. Like, it's very wild. 
Yeah. Anyway. Colossians chapter 1 once again. To whom God will make known what is the riches of the, mystery, the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Christ in you. How can Christ come and live in human beings? Well, it has happened. How? Through the new birth. So by, the, by virtue of being born again, we are born, one of the things that happens to us when we are born again is that we become members of the body of Christ. It's in 1 Corinthians chapter 12, verse 12 and 13. It's in 13, but let me read from verse 12, okay? For as the body is one and has many members, as this body is one and has many members, all these are members, and all the members of that one body being media, many are one body, so also is Christ. So Christ is not, Christ is many members. Do you see? Then he says in verse 13, he says, For by one spirit are we all baptized into one body. He's not talking about the baptism of water. He's talking about the baptism of the spirit, okay, into Jesus Christ. The Holy Ghost is the baptizer. If you've done baptism in our church, you will learn about baptizer, baptize, medium of baptism, and all of that. One of the baptisms that happens is the new, the new birth is a baptism. The born again experience is what? It's a kind of baptism. Who is the baptizer? The baptizer is the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is the one who does the baptism. Okay? Uh-huh. Who is the baptizee? We are the baptizees. What is the medium? The medium is, the, is Christ. And what is the destination? Unto what? It's unto the body of Christ. So that's what he's describing. He says, for by one spirit, by the one who does it, the, the Holy Spirit is the one who does it. By one spirit, are we all baptized into, are we all immersed into one body, which is Christ, the body of Christ. Whether we be Jews or Gentiles, whether we be born or free, he says we have all been made to drink into one spirit. Do you see? We've all been baptized into one body. So if you read in Colossians chapter 1 Corinthians chapter 12 once again, this time around verse 27. Look at 1 Corinthians 12, 27. It says, now ye are the body of Christ and members in particular. So if you're a child of God, the way to become a member of the body of Christ is by being born again. So when you become born again, one of the things that has happened to you is that now you're a member of the body of Christ. Tell anybody you're a member of the body of Christ. Slap your neighbor and say you're a member of the body of Christ. Did you slap your neighbor? Nobody slapped SNM. SNM is free of charge. Sweetheart, do her action. Wow. Tell your neighbor that you are now a member of the body of Christ. Do <laughs> you like it? So I'm going to give you 10 benefits of being the body of Christ. Is it a good thing? Let me show you another one. Ephesians chapter 5. Okay, let's read from verse 30. Ephesians 5 from verse 30. It says, For we are members of Christ's body. We are members of his flesh. And we are members of his bones. Can you imagine? We are members of what? Christ's body, of his flesh, and of his bones. So as you are sitting, maybe you are the, you are the bone, you are the, I don't know, fist of Jesus Christ. That is why when you are not moving, it's like Jesus can't strike as he wants to strike. It's amazing. Oh. Yeah. When you are not moving in a sense, it's like, ah, just imagine if you want your hands to move. And you say, oof. It's not moving. It's a sign of sickness. What sickness is that? It could be stroke. It could be some muscle atrophy, something. It's not moving. Why are the doctors in the church? They are at work. <laughs> 
I don't want to ask a question for you to fail, so I won't say anything. Look at verse 31. Verse 31. This is a great, sorry, for this cause shall a man leave his father and mother and shall be joined unto his wife, and they too shall be one flesh. Then he says, this is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. You see, Jesus or Christ is not, there's the personal Christ and then there's the corporate Christ. There's something called the corporate Christ and the personal Christ. The personal Christ is the head of the corporate Christ. Please understand. The corporate Christ, corporate means many. So all of us together form the body of Christ. So he's the head. Okay? One of the reasons why Jesus died and rose from the dead and all of that is so that he can be the head over the body. He can have headship. Colossians chapter 1 once again. Verse 15. How many scriptures have I given you since I came? Bibri. Wow. If I show my notes, you'll be shocked. It's a blessing. What do you say on, on Sunday? It's not, it's not doing. He says Jesus is the image of the invisible God. He's talking about Jesus. Go to verse 14 so you understand. That he's talking about. Maybe you, see, you think he's talking about someone else. In whom? or in, in, in This one, we are still. Whose blood do we have forgiveness in? It's not Jesus. It says in, okay, let's read 13. Who has delivered us from the power of darkness and has translated us into, into the kingdom of his dear son? Who is the dear son? Jesus Christ, right? Then he says, in Jesus, we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. Next says, who is? So Jesus is the image of the invisible God. Jesus is the expression of the invisible God. God cannot be seen with the physical eye. God, if you want to see God with the physical eye, you will see Jesus Christ. I don't know if you get it. Yes. To see God with the physical eye or to see God visible, the one you will see, the one, the Godhead, the one, the member of the God that you will see visibly, is Jesus Christ. Colossians chapter 2, verse 10. The Bible says that in him, go to Colossians 2, 10. In Jesus, the fullness of the Godhead is pleased to dwell bodily. So Jesus is the body expression of the Father and the body expression of the Spirit. Do you have Colossians 2, 10? Let's read verse 9. So I will see it. It's verse 9. For in him, for in Jesus dwells all the fullness of the Godhead bodily, the fullness of the Godhead is pleased to dwell in Jesus' body. So Jesus, this, that's why I told you on Sunday that Jesus is not a demigod. It's not like Father, Son, Holy Ghost. No, Jesus is God in flesh for us to feel and touch and experience. Okay? Yes, that's who Jesus is. So Jesus is God at once. Jesus is what? God at once. That's God, I tell you. So God is a very wild mystery. God actually became a human being and God actually walked on the earth. Can you imagine? Full God, full man. Full God, full man. And this full God, full man says that he's happy to dwell in you. Wow. What a shock. He's happy to dwell in the body of Jesus and he's happy to dwell in you. It's like you, are, you have been his, dwelling in you has been his utmost desire since the foundations of the earth. Hmm. Can you imagine that when God was making a man, that would say that, and the Lord God, this is the first time God is, is personalized. You see, because in Genesis chapter 1, we see in the beginning, God created, the word God is Elohim. 
which is plural for God. I showed you that on Sunday. God, plural for God, plural for God, plural for God. Then when you get, he uses, and God, God said, let there be light. It's still Elohim. And there was light. And this is, this. but when you get Genesis chapter 2 verse 7, when he was coming to create man proper, the word did not, the word of God did not use, and God, God said, the Bible says, and the Lord God said, eh? and the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground. The word Lord is Jehovah, it's Yahweh. For the first time, the person of the Godhead is declared. Okay, he says, and God formed, that Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils. So the Lord God, okay, there was an image of the Lord God and it's that image that he made man in. If you remember in Genesis chapter 1 verse 26, he says, and God said, can you imagine that? He says, Genesis 1 26, I'm excited about what I'm preaching. I don't know if you're excited about what I'm preaching. I love it. And God said, let us. You see, God didn't say, let, let me. Let us. Why? Because it's a Godhead. It's a Godhead. Including Father, Word, Spirit. So he says, and let us make man. How? In our image. So there's the image of the Godhead. And after our likeness, there's also the likeness of the Godhead. So man, Adam, me and you, are actually in the image and in the likeness of God. In other words, God has two eyes just like you and I. God has two ears just like you and I. God has a nose like you and I. He has a mouth like you and I. And when he was, God doesn't bow down for anybody. God didn't bend down to breathe into the dust that he made. He didn't bow down to breathe into the dust that he made. Adam was the same height as God. He breathed, go to chapter 2, verse 7. It says, and God, the Lord God formed man of the, out of the dust of the ground. And he breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living soul. In other words, God put his nose on man's nose. And God doesn't bow down for you. He won't bow down to do anybody, anything for anybody. He put him up and he breathed into him. So actually, Adam was the same height as Jesus. With the same eyes, same nose. But Jesus had not yet come. Adam was actually made to be like a glove for the entrance of God. Because God made him as image, his image and likeness. Do you understand? Yes. That was how he was. He, Adam was made for the purpose of God dwelling in him. And Adam messed up. He messed up big time. But thank God for Jesus Christ. <laughs> Romans. Romans. Romans chapter 5. Look at Romans chapter 5. Let's read verse 12. All these things are in the Bible. It says, Wherefore, as by one man sin entered into the world, and death by sin, and so death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Next verse. For unto the law sin was in the world, but sin is not imputed when there is no law. Verse 14. Then it says, Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression. Then it says, Adam, who is the figure of him that was to come? Adam was a figure. The word figure is icon. I preach on it. Uh, that's what they sang that song. I'm um, God's icon. Eh? The figure, icon, image. So Adam was the image, not the reality. Adam was the, he was a glove that was made so that Jesus or the God that can actually come and dwell in any field. I see it. He was the image, the picture. Look at this. This BB. Adam, who is the picture of him that was, who was to come? Who was he that was to come? Jesus. Oh, hallelujah. So one day, Jesus just dropped. God just dropped on the earth. Came as a baby and grew up to become a man. 
whose name was Jesus Christ. Do you see? Yes. And Jesus went through all the things he went through so that he can come and live in you. So the day you get born again, you see, no matter how much I love you, God forbid, if your kidney should fail, God forbid, it will never happen. Your kidneys will never fail. Your intestines will work all the days of your life. Your heart will beat to the day you are raptured. Your liver, it will be functional all the time. See, my liver is functioning all the time. In my 30s. In my 50s. In my 40s. In my 60s. In my 70s. In my 80s. In my 90s. In my 100s. My kidney, liver, lungs, everything is functioning. My bladder is functioning perfectly. In the name of the Lord Jesus. This morning, God told me something. When I woke up, the first thing God told me was that you don't own anything apart from your body. The only thing you own is your body. The first thing you own in life is your body. Then he says, learn to talk to your body. That's what God told me. Learn. That's, the only, that's the only thing you have. So learn to, so when it comes to your heart, your kidney, it's yours. It's your heart. Not our heart. Is it our heart? It's your heart. It's your kidney. It's your lungs. It's your colon. It's your eyes. Pius, it's your eyes. Is it not, you are not sleeping. I'm just mentioning your name. Why can't I mention your name? I can't mention your name. <laughs> Pius, it's your eyes. It's your teeth. It's your, it's your, it's your, it's your lungs. Eh? It's your nose. So start, learn how to talk to your body. Tell your body everything is fine. Every, oh, everything is fine. All my organs are functioning perfectly. My brain is functioning perfectly. I will never become senile. Or lose my mind. Nobody will have my buttocks. It's a confession to make. A sickness can come and someone else will wipe your buttocks. They will be putting pampers on you. Diapers on you. You'll be shocked. Have you seen some before? Say, nobody will wipe my buttocks. I'll wipe my buttocks the day I die. <laughs> it's a confessional. <laughs> I tell you. Uh, I will not put on diapers. I'll finish putting on diapers when I was a baby. I'll not put on diapers in my old age. Yes. Yes. I'll keep my dignity in my old age. People lose their dignity in their old age. The beggars that nobody was supposed to see. See so that everybody's seeing it. They are just wiping him. Doing all kinds. It will not happen to me. I'll die a good old age. If the Lord does not rapture me, I'll die a good old age. With dignity. Not shame. In Jesus' name. Yeah. Hmm. How did I even get to this one? Say it again. Let's talk to our body. But before then, Adam is what? The picture. A picture. Isn't it? Adam is a picture of who? Of Jesus Christ. And I was saying that the greater... I was, ah, I was talking about no matter how much I love you. God forbid if your kidney should fail. And I want to donate my kidney to you. 
Yeah, you can give one. You can give one out of it. You have two, so you can give one. You can say, oh, I love you. Let's take one. Be blessed. <laughs> Receive my kidney. Yeah, it's been done. People are doing it. Because one of the commonest things that is happening now is kidney failure. We don't know. The devil is attacking kidneys now. Young boys, young girls, kidneys are failing. Your kidneys will not fail in Jesus' name. I said your kidneys will not fail in Jesus' name. If your kidneys are failing today, it's functioning from today. Perfectly. Perfect, perfect function. Every manufacturer has spare parts. Jesus manufactured our body. He proved it by giving that blind man who did not have any eye an eye. He gave him eyes. Jesus is giving you new kidneys, new body parts right now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Receive it now in Jesus' name. You will not die young. You will not die young. We curse fear of death. I'm hearing fear of death. I don't know who you are, but you've been afraid of dying. I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to die. I feel like I'm going to die. The Lord is touching you right now. Yes, the Lord is touching you right now. Fear of death is canceled in the name of the Lord Jesus. God has brought liberty to you. You will not die young. You will die a good old age. The devil has been disappointed because I stand as a prophet of God. I stand as a man of God sent from God to you. And I cancel every single sickness, every single malfunction from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. I declare function, good function in your body now in the name of the Lord Jesus. Devil, take your hands off. You have no place. You have no place. You have no place. Not in our midst. Not amongst us. This is the house of God. This is the congregation of the mighty. You have no place. Come on, get out. Leave now. In the name of the Lord Jesus. We rebuke you. And all your efforts to destroy. Even in Jesus name. Amen. Hallelujah. You may take your seats in heavenly places where you belong. The devil is a foolish guy, eh? The wicked guy. Foolish. Sometimes he comes to he comes to check if your security system is working. He will put a cat through your security fence and see if it will, it will kill the cat. It's just a cat. Don't be afraid. Okay? Alrighty. Yeah. What was I saying? Kidney. Ah, no matter how, no matter. <laughs> I mean, unless and until my genes and yours flash, if they are not the same, it cannot work. Do you understand? Yes. They can't give you mine. On, no matter how much I love you and how, how much I want to help you, they can't give you mine. If our, gen, our DNA, there are a lot of things. What are the doctors? Are there, doc, are there you're a nurse? Are you a nurse? Is there anything? I don't, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Who's a doctor or a nurse? Who's a medical person here? Ah, you are, there are nurses here. All of you are nurses, doctors to be. What are you? You're a student. Student of what? Eh? Eh? Biochemistry. Uh-huh. So you know a little bit about what I'm saying, ain't it? Yeah. There should be compatibility on all levels. No be so. Yeah. It must what? It must match. If it doesn't match, mind cannot exist in your body. In the same way, when you get born again, you receive the genes of Jesus Christ. The genes that make God God. Can you imagine? It's called the regening 
As you're sitting here, you have the genes of God. I tell you, it's wild though. If you spend time thinking about it to make a world of difference in your life, if you spend time thinking about what I'm saying now, yeah, because the effect of the word of God is in your thinking on it. Meditation on the word of God is like taking in medicine. Do you see? Uh, the, me- the paracetamol you see is actually starch. The white thing you're seeing is starch. It's just carbohydrates. But there's an active ingredient inside that goes through your bloodstream and attacks where the pain is. If you don't take it in, okay, you will not get the effect. The active ingredient will not work. In the same way, the way to get to the active ingredient of the word of God is through meditation. When you are thinking about it, throwing it in your mind, worrying over the word, as you are thinking about it, it has a strange... That is... When you take medicine, you take it through, most of them are medicines that are taken through our mouth, isn't it? And it goes into our stomach. Now, you may not have a stomach pain. The pain may be on your, on your, on your, in your head. Maybe you have a serious headache. And then you take the medicine. It goes into your stomach. Now, when it ends up in your stomach, it ends up going to affect the place where the pain is in your head. Isn't it? Do you know how, are you interested in how it, how it's the, it moves to your bloodstream and the intelligence w- with which you use this to go and attack the pain in your head? You are not interested. All you are interested in is that when I take it, it just works. It's like eating and growing or growing up. We don't know the technology like as you're growing. Four bags of five kg rice plus five, five pounds of stew with meat. It's equal to one inch of growth. There's nothing like that. We don't know. As you are eating, you can be eating gobe. Someone can be eating gobe all his life. You will grow. Another person can be eating fried rice, chicken, pizza. You too, you will grow. We will all grow. Whether you came from a stupidly rich home or a madly poor home, we all will go grow. We all will go grow. Whether we are eating kusier or you are eating uh, what? You are eating chicken wings. Eh? <laughs> you are eating frog legs or whatever. Frog legs and fried rice. And I'm e- someone is eating gobe. We all will go grow. You know me so. So it doesn't matter where you are in the world. If you learn to meditate on the word of God, eh, you also grow. Yeah. And you also have a certain kind of effect in your life. If you learn to think, just imagine you thinking about this verse that I just mentioned. Okay? It's, I have not mentioned the verse yet. It's in Titus 3.5. Yes. Titus 3.5. Ah. It's there. Let's read from verse 4. But after that the kindness and love of God, our Savior toward man appeared. Then it says, not by works of righteousness, which we have done, but according to his mercy, he saved us. How? How did he save us? By the washing of regeneration and renewing of the Holy Ghost. Okay? The, the word regeneration is, is actually regening. To regene. To change the genes of someone or something. To regene. Regening, that's what it's talking about. I don't know if you have other versions that will, will help us. Uh-huh. Look at it. It says, he washed, us, washed away our sins, giving us a new birth and a new life. Through the Holy Spirit. This one says a new birth and a new life. A new life has to do with a new gene. The King James says regening. Regeneration. So when you become born again, eh, 
actually your genes. Can you imagine? Your spiritual genes have changed. And even your physical genes can also change as well. So maybe you were SS and you got born again. You can change from SS to AA. Oh, crap. Maybe you were HIV. Or even you are HIV as I'm talking now. The HIV, eh? It doesn't have to be. Listen, who hasn't done anything bad before? Have you done something bad before? Yes, Pastor. How about you? More times. Is it that when someone someone went to do something bad, he went to sleep with somebody and got HIV? Why should that person die? You slept with somebody, you didn't get HIV. By the grace of God. Someone has gotten HIV. Why should that person die? The same forgiveness you had is the same forgiveness that person should also have. Or, or you think you are better than the person. You are not better. We are not, we are all not correct. Ask your neighbor, are you correct? I don't know about you, but I don't know. Are you, are you? Even if you have not done anything physically. Tell neighbor, even if you have not done anything physically. How about your thoughts? How about your thoughts? You know, Jesus says that if you think, if you, if you look at this lady and say, you have lusted after someone's wife. You have lusted after Pastelli's wife. You and the one who slept with someone's wife, you are the same. According to Jesus Christ, you are the same. So stop saying, oh, me and me, they have not done anything. You are lying. Have you imagined something? Have you imagined something before? Yes, I have. Come on, have you imagined something before? You have imagined something before? Who's that? She has imagined something before. Then who can who then can be saved? Who is that? Who is the holiest, the coolest, the seemingly holiest person amongst us? Who is the person? Who? Esnam, Esnam, Esnam. Hey, have you thought about anything bad before? Yes. Say it well. Yes, Pastor. Hey, hey. Even the way she's saying yes sounds holy. Like it's, it's, it's like yes, yes. Hey. 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 You have not done, but you have watched. You have seen something. You have thought about something. You have imagined something. Same at the comments. You know, same at the comments. At the crown now, we are. We are Jesus said in Matthew chapter 5 verse 28 but don't think you've been preserved you've preserved your virtue, your virtue simply by staying out of bed your heart can be corrupted by lust even quicker than your body those leering looks you think nobody notices they also corrupt those you say hey Tyler girl is fine you are a very cool guy. You've not done anything. When they go, oh, hello, how are you? Jesus is Lord. <laughs> Amen. And then your mind, oh, Charlie, I got to go fire him. I got to go fire him. <laughs> you and the one who did it, you are the same. That is why everybody needs to be saved. Including the good people, especially the good people. And when you get born again, you are regined, Charlie. It's wild, though. You are regined. Your genetic coding is changed completely. That is why Second Corinthians chapter five, verse seventeen says that if any man be in Christ, is what? 
creates a new creature. Creature, his kind has never been seen before. It's very wild though. Like your type has never been seen before. Jesus is called the firstborn eh, among many brethren. We have his genes, I tell you. I say, so are we now in this world. It's very wild. Yeah. Because you can't become a member of the body of Christ without having the same genes. You'll be rejected. So there are people who are in church who are not born again, but they're around. You've never given your life to Christ. They're around. They're just hanging around. You, you were born in church. Being born in church does not make you born again. Having pastors as your parents does not make you born again. You have a Christian name. You are called Jacob. It doesn't mean that Israel. You are called Israel. You are called Isaac, like myself. You are called what? Christian. You can have the name Christian, but you are not born again. You are called Christiana, but you are not born again. When Israel was going out of Egypt, the Bible says that they went out with a mixed multitude. There were a group of people who were not Israelites who went with them. And all the problems Israel had came from those people. The mixed multitude. Yes. They were in the camp of Israel, but they weren't Israelites. And they brought all the problems. So there are people in the church who are not Christians and hence are not members of the body of Christ. Who bring a lot of problems to the body of Christ. Yeah. So make sure you are... The way to become a member of the body of Christ is the new birth. The regening. When you become born again, everything has changed. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Yeah. As he is, so are we now in this world. As Jesus looks, so, are, so do you look. Wow. Wow. What cannot destroy Jesus cannot destroy you. Have you ever heard someone drowning in a bowl of water? person drowned in a bowl of water. A bowl. We don't drown in bowls of water. Isn't it? Yeah. So if you hear that someone has drowned, how did it happen? It, it, it doesn't work. Nobody puts his head in the bowl of water. He's just there, he's eating, and then he fell into the bowl of water and died. It's the same, it's the same as saying some things about the Godhead or some things about the Godman which you have become. Do you see? You see, last Sunday I was showing you. Uh, John chapter 10. You read John 10 30. I and my father are one. And what the Jews decided to do to Jesus, they took up stones to stone Jesus. And they said that because you being a man, make yourself God. When you say you are the son of God, you have said something very big. What you are saying is that you are actually in the same class as God. That's what you are saying. And in our case, it's not that we decided to call ourselves that God is the one who says that we are his sons and says that we are his daughters. John chapter 1 verse 11 and 12 and 13. John 1, 11, 12. He came unto, but as many, verse 11. He came unto his own, but his own, and his own received him not. But as many as received him. Have you received Jesus Christ as a Lord? As many as received him. To them he gave what? Authority. The word power is exousia. Authority. To become sons and daughters of God. Even to them that believe on his name. Then it says children who are not born of blood. Brother, you are not born of blood anymore. So your blood does not, your blood group does not define you. Your family, where you come from, does not define you anymore. I believe these things a long time ago. I believed a long time ago. Yes. And I still believe it. With all my heart. Yeah. That my family cannot describe and define me. Where I come from, whether I was born in a refuse dump, 
or not. So your childhood should not be a problem. Uh, because of where I was born, because of my family, I cannot make it. Who told you? Who told you? Because I was born in a certain place. Because I come from a, a, my place. There are so many witches. Who told you? You've not read your Bible. When you read, you will see that it says you are not born of blood, nor of the will of the flesh. I will never be defeated in my life. I'll go where God wants me to go. And I'll accomplish what God wants me to accomplish. Because I'm, I'm born of God. I'm in the family of God. I'm in the fam- I'm a child of God. Yeah. I'm a son of God. I'm a daughter of God. The most high is my father. Yeah. And he owns all things. I will never be poor in my life. I'll never lack anything in my life. I'll never lack any good thing in my life. I'm supplied for all the days of my life. I have a responsible father. I have a responsible father. He's supplying all my needs. I'll never be sick in my life. Oh, it's saying that, oh, I have kidney failure. It's like saying that someone, a, a human being drowned in a bowl of water. When it comes to the, 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 the level of the, the, the Godhead and Godhood, it's like, what are you talking about? You say one of, one of our people drowned in a, in a bowl of water. How is that even possible? That's how it is. Yeah, that's how it is. Because of what? Listen, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 9. Have you read 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9 before? Let's read it. 1 Corinthians 1, verse 9. It says, God is faithful. This is the faithfulness of God. It is God's faithfulness. God is faithful. By whom you were called unto the fellowship of the Son, of the Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. We've been called into fellowship. Listen, you can't fellowship with a dog and tell the dog all your problems. It's not possible. You come home from school and then you sit the dog down. Hmm, today the lecturer, Charlie, the way mafia me, Charlie, no bees, you wear The dog will look at you. That's what it's to be saying. Why? You can't fellowship with a dog. You can only fellowship with a fellow human being. And even, a, and even that a mature human being. You can't fellowship with a baby. Same level of thinking. God says that, God feels that you and him, you can talk. Why? Because you are in the same class. Do you understand? We are in the same class, same category. These are strange things. These are strange things. But it's God himself who has decided. God decided that you... What's your name again? Bernard. Bernard. I like Bernard. I'm going to save Bernard. I prefer Bernard. I want Bernard to be my love. I want Bernard to spend the rest of his life with me. I want Bernard to be my category. So that I can be talking to Bernard every now and then. God loves it. God loves to see your face. I tell you. God loves to see you. He loves to talk to you. He loves to, he loves to share his life with you. Can you imagine that God wants to share his life with you? God wants to make memories with you. <gasps> Oh yes, it's very well. That is how important you are. Yeah. So when you are when you are sitting in your room and then you are saying to yourself, "I want to end it all." Why do you want to end it all? Uh, the boy, the boy did not treat me well. He broke my heart. I gave him my all. Give me all of you. I give my all to you. You're my sky and you are my lake. When I don't see you, I don't believe Because of a certain guy, you want to kill yourself. Because of a certain lady, you want to kill yourself. What is wrong with you? Your heart is broken. There's someone who owns your heart. 
and someone who loves you more than any human being could ever dream of. His name is Jesus Christ. Thinking about his love and his preference and value of you is more important than any other human being. Yeah. 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 That's how special you are. Special. Special. Hey. I tell you. First John chapter 3 verse 1. Behold, what manner of love the Father has bestowed upon us. Behold. He says, like, like, look with the eye of the Spirit. You have to see with the eye of the Spirit. You need to think about it. If you don't think about it, you don't know. Behold, what manner is a manner? What type of love the Father has bestowed upon us? That we should be called the sons of God. We even call ourselves the sons of God. He is the one who called us his sons and daughters. Of his own will gave he birth to us. James chapter 1 verse 18. God's own will. God desired that I want to have these people as my people. I like them. I love them. I prefer them. I will. Yeah. Of his own will. James 1 18. Of his own will. God's own will gave he birth to us with the word of truth. That we should be a kind of first fruit of his creatures. A kind of what? First fruit of his creatures. Yeah, we, are, we, are not, we, are, we are different. Maybe you will. You were daft before you became born again. Now that you're born again, you are the smartest person in the whole universe. You may not be seeing it physically. Start meditating on the word of God. Start, that's why we meditate. So that you get to know what, what you have become. If you don't read, you don't know. If you don't know about your life, you will not know what, what has happened to you. Do you see? Yes. You have to know. By virtue of the new birth. Without the new birth, you can become a part of the body of Christ. Yes. This is what makes you, be, you get new genes that qualifies you to be made a member of the body of Christ. If you don't have the genes of God, the DNA of God, and all those things, you can't be a part, you can't, you can't be a part of this body. You can't, no matter how much you love, you can't give me your fingers. If I should leave my fi- lose my finger, God forbid. Do you see? The only one who can give me is the one who has my, my genes and DNA and everything similar. Even sometimes brothers don't, don't have. Sometimes brothers don't have. They don't match. Yeah. In our case, we are called brethren, Adelphos, born, brothers born from the same womb. We are like twins with Jesus Christ. Yeah. Jesus is called the firstborn. We are the many brethren that follow him. Born from the same womb, same sperms, same everything. We have his genes. Jesus is born of the, Jesus is the word of God. Can you imagine we are also the word of God, tabernacled in flesh? Yeah. First, first Peter chapter 1 verse 23 is amazing. Yes, being born again, not of corruptible seed or spirit, but of incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever. We are born of the word of God that lives and abides forever. That's what has made us. And who is Jesus? Jesus is the word of God. Tabernacled in flesh. So what makes Jesus God is the same thing that makes us in the Godhead. Or, I say in the Godhead, we are fellow saints. We are fellow heirs. Joint S. Hey, it's wild though. Hmm. It's wild. So when you sit down in your room and you are complaining, it's a clear sign that you don't know. The greatest problem a child of God could have is lack of knowledge. You hear what I said? The what? Of God's word. Lack of knowledge of God's word. That's the greatest challenge. Greatest challenge. Cure yourself by getting to know God's word. Okay? Cure yourself of that challenge. 
by getting saved. Don't let it be someone coming to tell you, read your Bible. No, those it should be gone. I preach a message to the, those of you who are at UPSA. It's time to be weaned. You have to be weaned. There's a day when you have to be weaned. I preach a very powerful message. I don't know if you've, if you've heard it. Yeah. My people are destroyed. It was John chapter 4, verse 6. My people are destroyed for, the, for lack of knowledge. That's the only reason why God's people, God's own people are destroyed, cut off. From his blessings. Why? Because of a lack of knowledge. Nothing else. Just because of a lack of knowledge. Revelation knowledge of that. Do you see? Lack of knowledge. You need to know. You need to read. And you see, can I breathe for you? Do you feel it? I can't breathe for you. Neither can I eat for you. You must know for yourself. And I must know for myself. You must have faith for yourself. I cannot have faith for you. The matter of faith must be addressed on a personal level. I cannot eat for you. Neither can I bath for you. As I'm bathing, you are bathing. I am bathing in my house. And you are bath. It's like as I'm doing a bath, it doesn't work. I cannot eat for you. You must know the word for yourself. Knowing the word is your empowerment. As you are studying the word, reading the word, you are being empowered. Yeah. Manu who shikla finus to no mloda. Belwa gada face tenemeona a far clay tenemeno. Shani glasto. Vastness awaits those who want to know. Enlargements awaits those who would like to know. It's a free space. All those who are willing and obedient will eat of the good of the land. It's a choice. Yeah, the Bible says that I lay before you riches and poverty, life and death. It says, choose life. Choose. It's up to you. Every day you must choose. You wake up in the morning, you choose. Choose to take your Bible. Choose to read. Choose to meditate. Choose to, choose to know. Maniki full of There's prosperity you have no idea how waits for you. Vastness. It's called the inexhaustible, incalculable riches of Christ that awaits you. But just because you don't know, they know not. Neither do they understand. They walk on in darkness. I have said that ye are gods and that ye are the children of the most high. But you shall die like men and like one of the princes of this world. Why? Because you know not. Neither do you understand. You must know. For when for the time you ought to be teachers, you have need that one teach you again the things that be of the prince of the oracles of Christ. You must know. You must know. And I, brethren, could not speak unto you as unto spiritual, but as unto babes. Why? I have fed you with milk and not with meat. You are not ready to know. You are not ready to learn. You must be ready to learn. See, I'm ready to learn. I'm ready to know. Yeah. The greatest challenge, mark that statement, the greatest challenge a Christian can have is a lack of knowledge of God's word. What you need to do is to take the Bible and go and fast and pray like they taught you some few hours ago with the word of God for light to break forth in your life. When light breaks forth, you'll be shocked. I know I will never be poor because I was, I was reading my Bible when God told me that I will never be poor. You are the seed of Abraham. Whether I, I'm working or not, money will come to me. I don't chase money. Money chases me. And it started chasing me almost 10 years ago. Yes. Money chases me. I will never chase money. No matter where I am, money will come to me. Oh, yes. Why? Because of the word of God. For you know the grace of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Why should I be a child of God and, pro- and, and be poor? Why should I be a child of God and be sick? 
dying on a deathbed, not knowing what to do with myself. Why should I be a child of God and be struggling? Never. Not when I know my rights and know what I am and who I am. Brothers and sisters, get to know what you are and who you are. Oh, yes. Why? 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 Why should I be in lack, in need, all the time, barely getting by? When I know who God has made me, I'm seated together in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. No, 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 no. My father walks on gold. I'll never walk on dust. I'll never walk in poverty. Riches is mine. Prosperity is mine. Yeah. Get to know. Get to know. Get to know. Jesus said to Martha, 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 thou art encumbered about many things. Mary has chosen the right thing. Only one thing is needful. 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 It's called the word. It's called the word. The word of God. It's the only thing that is needful. The word of God will make you pray. If you understand the word of God, you will pray. If you understand the word of God, you will fast. If you understand the word of God, you will give your tithes. If you understand the word of God, offerings will be your greatest time in the world. Because you know what it means. You know what it does. You will praise God with understanding. If only you knew the word of God. I pray for the unveiling of your understanding. The eyes of your understanding to be enlightened today. That you leave this camp knowing where your power is. And knowing where your greatness is. Your power is in the way. Your greatness is in the way. Getting to know it. Finding out what God has done. Who am I? Who am I? Who are you? You are a child of God. You are a child of the most high. Greatness is yours. Greatness is yours. You cannot be qualified with lack. You cannot be qualified with... With, with need, with wants, with poverty, with health issues, with constant problems. No, you cannot be qualified with failure. For you are one with the heavenlies. You are one with the, with the, with the head of all things. He became head of all things for your sake. He became head of all things for your sake. He became head of all things for your sake. He became head of all things for your sake. 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 You will not go down. You will not go down. Heaven shall pass away, but my word shall not pass away. This is the word by which you are born. You will not pass away just like that. You will not be destroyed just like that. You will not fail just like that. No, you are bigger than that. No, you are greater than that. For God himself has chosen you. You have not chosen me, but I have chosen you, say the Lord. I have chosen you and ordained you. I have chosen you and ordained you. I have. I have. I have chosen. 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 I have decided. I have decided. I have chosen. You will not go down. God bless you for listening. We pray that the Word of God will be rooted and grounded in your heart as you give attention to the Word. Kindly follow Pastor T and Love Economy Church on all social networks for more of God's Word. Don't forget to subscribe to the Pastor T Podcast. Simply search for Pastor T on any podcast app, plug in, and enjoy God's Word. Visit our website at loveeconomychurch.org for more information. God bless.